بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد فنستمر إن شاء الله تعالى في قراءة شرح الأربعين النووية We continue بإذن الله with the reading of the 40 hadith that has been compiled by An-Nawawi Rahimahullahu Ta'ala and we reached the hadith and Umar radiyallahu anhu aydan qala baynama nahnu julusun inda rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam adhata yawmin iftala alayna rajulun shadidu bayadi thayab shadidu suwadi sha'ar لا يرى علي أثر السفر ولا يعرفه منا أحد حتى جلس إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسند ركبتيه إلى ركبتيه ووضع كفيه على فخذيه وقال يا محمد أخبرني عن الإسلام فقال رسول الله ورسول الله وفقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الإسلام أن تشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتسوم رمضان وتحج البيت إن استطعت إليه سبيلا قال صدقت قال فعجبنا له يسأله ويصدقه قال فأخبرني عن الإيمان قال أن تؤمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله ويوم الآخر وتؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره قال صدقت قال فأخبرني عن الإحسان قال أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك قال فأخبرني عن الساعة قال ما المسؤول عنها بأعلم من السائل قال فأخبرني عن عماراتها قال أن تلد الأمة ربتها وأن ترى الحفاة العرات العالات الرعاء الشاء يتطولون في البنيان ثم انطلق فلبثت مليا ثم قال لي يا عمر وتدري من السائل قلت الله ورسوله أعلم قال فإنه جبريل أتاكم يعلمكم دينكم رواه مسلم This hadith second hadith in the 40 hadith of النووي Rahimahullah Ta'ala Like the first hadith is An Umar ibn Khattab Radiyallahu an And He said That there were On uh, one day One time While we were sitting with the messenger Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam There appeared before us A man Whose clothes was exceedingly white 
and whose hair was exceedingly black. No signs of journey were to be seen on him, and none of us knew him. From this portion of the hadith, it shows number one the importance of cleanliness and the importance of dressing appropriately when one is seeking ilm. Now, from the manners of the student of knowledge, that he has nadafa, that he's clean, and that how he appears is an appearance that is befitting for sitting in a jalsa. As they were sitting with the Messenger, and no doubt they were benefiting from Rasulullah, and the individual came with exceedingly white and clothes and whose hair was exceedingly black. You couldn't see the effects of traveling on him. He, then he says, He walked up and sat down in front of the Messenger the Prophet with his knees touching against the Prophet's and placing the palms of his hands on his thighs. He said, O oh Muhammad, tell me about Islam. Point number two that can be taken from this hadith, from this portion, is the manners of the Talib al-ilm. And the ulama have mentioned that before he asked, tell me about Islam, he showed etiquettes of a, of a Talib al-ilm in the way that he dressed and in the way he sat. His knees were touching against the knees of the Messenger So he was showing good manners before he actually spoke or asked a question He showed good etiquettes of the Talib al-ilm This man that came to the sitting of Rasulullah And point number three we can add to this Is it shows the attentiveness of the Talib al-ilm in the asnada rukwatayhi ila rukwatayhi and he, he touched uh, his uh, knees to the knees of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam to show attentiveness and to show that he is ready to consume the ilm that he is about to ask rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding it's from the adab to the manners of the student of knowledge and then he says oh muhammad akhbirni an al-islam and he said, Oh Muhammad, tell me about Islam. And then the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Islam is to testify that there's no deity worthy of worship but Allah. And that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the Messenger of Allah. And to establish the prayer, to give zakah, to fast the month of Ramadan, and to make hajj and pilgrimage to the house of Allah, if you are able to do so. You need to do hajj in istata'ta ilayhi sabila. If you are able to do so. Point number four that we can take from this hadith in this portion here. Is that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa in this hadith. Has clarified. Barakallahu fikum. The deen of al-Islam. And he clarified Islam. And he clarified Islam bil a'mal al-dhahirah. He clarified and mentioned Islam with those apparent actions. Those actions that are apparent, like salah, apparent on the limbs, zakah, apparent on the limbs, siyam, apparent on the limbs, and also hajj, which is apparent 
on the limbs. Naam, and this is the explanation that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he gave regarding Al Islam. And point number five, it shows us the virtue of these pillars. The virtues of the Shahada in that it is the first pillar that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned of, as relates to Al Islam, explanation of Islam. And in this Barakallahu Fikum, it shows that the Shahada of La ilaha illallah and the Shahada that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the Messenger of Allah is Ruknun Wahid. Is one pillar. وَمَا أَتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوا وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا مَنَ أَطَاعَ الرَّسُولُ فَقَدَ أَطَاعَ اللَّهُ مَنَ أَطَاعَ الرَّسُولُ فَقَدَ أَطَاعَ اللَّهُ Whoever obeys the Messenger has obeyed Allah. The shahada that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the Messenger of Allah is the same pillar as the shahada of La ilaha illallah. This is Al-Islam. This is the first pillar. And then it shows the virtue of As-Salah. From the a'mal al-zahira, from the apparent actions, and zakat, virtues of zakat, and the virtues of Ramadan, fasting in the month of Ramadan, and virtues of Hajj. And that the individuals, Islam is not complete unless they fulfill these pillars, Nam. And then he said, the 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 individual that came to the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said. You have sadaqt, you have spoken rightly. And then Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, Ajibna, we were amazed. That he asked him and then he said that he was correct. And saying that he spoke rightly. And in this portion, point number six, it shows us a beautiful benefit. And that is the fiqh of the sahaba. The fiqh of the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum in that they were shocked that he was asking a question and he knew the answer. They were shocked that he was answering a question and he knew the answer. And they were amazed that he would say to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sadaqt. Naam. Showing that they have fiqh of the situation. That the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam nas. Islam, and then these individuals come and say Sadaqt Naam and then after that the man that came or the individual that came he said Akhbilni anil iman and tell me about iman after mentioning the pillar of Islam he mentions and this is benefit number 7 he mentions al-iman he mentions Al-Iman And this Shows us the importance of Al-Iman And that this is part of the deen Fundamentals of the deen And then the messenger Sallallahu alayhi wasallam He answered and he said It is to believe in Allah Again the fundamental part of Iman Is a tawheed La ilaha illallah His angels His books His messengers And the last day and to believe in decree, al-qadr, khayrihi wa sharrih, that which is good of it and that which is bad of it. All of this is connected to tawheed. And all of this is connected to, it's all from iman. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in this portion of the hadith, 
has mentioned the actions A'mal al-Batina has mentioned the actions that are within the heart and this is he mentioned this in the section of Al-Iman because he mentioned Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the section of Al-Islam the actions of the, the apparent actions and this brings us to point number 8 point number 8 is that the messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned Islam and he mentioned Iman and the reason why and from this Barakallahu uh, Fikum the ulama have extrapolated that when Islam is mentioned in the same sequence as Iman then Islam is dealing with or that which is intended by Islam is the A'mal al-Zahira is those apparent actions and when Iman is mentioned along with Al-Islam then Iman is that which is from the A'mal al-Batin those affairs that are from the heart and from within and this is the principle that the ulama mentions in a nice jumla إِذَا اجْتَمَعَ إِفْتَرَقَ وَإِذَا افْتَرَقَ اجْتَمَعَ إِذَا اجْتَمَعَ افْتَرَقَ وَإِذَا افْتَرَقَ اجْتَمَعَ And that is that when these two things, Islam and Iman, are mentioned together, then they are mentioned together, then Islam has its meaning and Iman has its meaning. But when they are mentioned separately, then Islam has this meaning of both and Iman has the meaning of both. Meaning, for example, when Allah, when in the hadith that we're going to study next with Bunya Islam ala khams, al Islam is included in this A'mal al Zahira or A'mal Batina because Iman is not mentioned in that sequence. Aman al Rasul bima unzila ilayhi mi rabbi. That the Messenger sallallahu has Iman. And that which is revealed to him. Naam. So this Iman here is the Iman of Zahir wa Batin. The Amal of Zahir, Afwan, the Amal of Zahir wa Batin. Those affairs pertaining to the apparent actions, the actions that are outwards, and also that is which is within. Yani Islam and Iman together. The meaning, naam. And that is because Iman is mentioned on its own. So, when they're mentioned together in a sequence, they have separate meanings. But when they're mentioned individually, then they have the meaning of both. Then have the meaning of both. And then after this, he said, you have spoken correctly. The man, he's the, the individual that came and said, you have spoken, spoken correctly. Sadaqt. فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ So tell me about Ihsan. And then the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, أَنْ تَعْبَدُ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَاهُ And that you worship Allah as if you can see Him. فَإِنْ لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكُ and if you cannot see him, then he sees you. In point number nine, in this hadith, is that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentions the next level of the deen. After mentioning Al-Islam and Iman, now he mentions Al-Ihsan. And Ihsan has two pillars. 
and the highest of those is that the individual he worships Allah as if he sees him and the second pillar is if you can't do this then know that he sees you and this is muraqaba and this is watchfulness as it relates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and one cannot fulfill this ihsan except by learning and studying at tawheed and studying the names and attributes of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala in that he knows that Allah is sami'ul basir that Allah is all hearing and seeing subhanahu wa ta'ala so therefore he stays away from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala harrama yabtaid yashtanibul muharramat stays away from those things that are impermissible that Allah has deemed haram prohibited and he does fi'l al-ta'at and he does the acts of obedience because he knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears and he sees all and he is alim that is sudur and he subhanahu wa ta'ala is not well aware of that which is within he's well aware of that which is outward regarding our actions and so forth so the individual he worships Allah as if he can see Allah he has this watchfulness and this attentiveness and this taqwa and this khawf and this khashya and these types of ibadat that will aid him in making his ibadah muhsana making his ibadah correct and complete naam and if he has not got that level then he knows that Allah is watching him that Allah sees him so therefore he stays away from the sins he stays away from disobedience and he does that which is beloved to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and then after that he said the individual he said so tell me about the last hour and then the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said that the one that is questioned is not a'lama min as-sail is not does not know better than the questioner and this is benefit number 10 and benefit number 10 is that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is cultivating his companions that the knowledge of the end of time is with Allah that the knowledge of the end of time is with Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala he said that the person who is being questioned him Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he does not know better than the one that is asking yani that ilm and that knowledge is with Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and this is benefit number 10 again establishing the tawheed here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the tawheed al-rububiyyah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has the ilm of the ghayb and the ilm of the sa'a and this is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this shows the tarbiyah and cultivation of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for his sahaba and likewise this is the affair that which those who follow the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that they practice in cultivating their people and then after that he the individual that is asking the questions he said then tell me about the signs and then the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said that the slave girl will give birth to her mistress and that you will see barefooted naked destitute yani poor fuqara faqir 
destitute shepherds they'll be competing in constructing lofty buildings and this is point number 11 and that is that in this hadith the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam is informing us of the sa'ah the alamatu sa'ah and the signs of the sa'ah the signs of the end of time and this is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us that he sent the rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam with this nabuwa with this prophethood sallallahu alaihi wasallam in that we know these signs in order to increase us in ibadah and to increase us in taqwa and for us to think about the akhirah in that these signs have approached us, ya ikhwah. And that is that the slave girl will give birth to her mistress. And the ulama have explained that the child will be dominating the parent. The child will be dominating the parent. Some of the ulama say literally that the slave girl will, be, will give birth to her mistress. In that the master is the one, the master is the one who impregnates the slave girl and therefore the child becomes a, a higher nobility than the mother according to them now and this is occurring and some of the ulama have explained also that the meaning of this is that the mother the daughter will be dominant over the child and as we know this is not from the etiquettes that the muslim should have and that is that the mother is held high in esteem the menzilla of the woman is high in esteem is high and the menzilla of the mother is high but yet we find in these days today ya ikhwatil kiram that the affair is munakis that the affair is twisted where the child speaks to the parent as if that they are in charge and they are above the mother Naam. and likewise in this hadith uh, this staying on point number 11 it's these signs that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is mentioned like the people who are poor that they yatatawwaluna fil bunyan and this is from the signs again that are occurring now in that people are competing in the dunya and the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said ad-dunya mal'una wa mal'una ma fiha illa dhikrallah wa ma wala wa alimun wa muta'allim Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said that the dunya this world is cursed this world is cursed except for three things the dhikr of Allah, remembrance of Allah and that which is conducive to attain the remembrance of Allah and secondly the scholar and thirdly the student and we have to be one of these three but here from the signs of the hour is that you find the destitute shepherds and that you find that the poorest of people competing for the dunya and it is well known that it's normal for those the rich to compete for the dunya but even the poor people will be competing for the dunya and the poor people as the ulama will mention those people who are uh, not necessarily poor but those people who are low in station they become those who are up in society and this is occurring now competing for the affairs of the dunya when one should be a competing for the affairs of the akhirah and the akhirah is our goal and this dunya and this world is temporary as the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says kun fi dunya ka'annaka gharibun aw abiru sabili what the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said be in this dunya as if you are a traveler a wayfarer stopping by naam 
not to be in this this dunya as if this is the end as if this is our goal and here the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam has mentioned that the end of from the signs of the end of time is that there will be individuals who will be competing in this dunya and this shows us that we have to increase in our ibadah we have to increase in our ibadah we have to increase in our ta'alluq billah and our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our connection with Allah uh, with fi'l ta'at we are doing good deeds and staying away from the muharramat and staying away from the evil deeds that is impermissible Naam. and then after this the man left the individual left and I stayed for a time and Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an he stayed he said that he stayed for a time and then the messenger the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said oh umar do you know atarif man sail do you know who the questioner is and then the messenger sallallahu uh, umar ibn khattab radiyallahu ta'ala he said i said allah wa rasuluhu a'lam that allah and his messenger know best and then the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said it was jibril atakum yu'allimukum deenakum it is the jibril he came to teach you your religion he came to teach you your religion regarding this portion of this hadith there's some benefits two or three benefits that we can add to the 11 that we have before and that is benefit number 12 and that shows the importance of the talib ilm as the ulama have mentioned like Shaykh Muthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala it shows that the, the, the talib ilm should pay attention when they are sitting in the, in the durus and the lessons of the ulama they should pay attention and why? because it aids them in recalling and remembering that which took place and Umar ibn Khattab hafidahu wa faqiha he, he, he memorized that which occurred in that jalsa in this long jalsa with the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he memorized it so much so it's been narrated by him and we today are benefiting from that narration why because he umar ibn khattab radiyallahu anhu was attentive and he asgha ila ar-rasul wa ila mu'allimihi he paid attention and listened to his teacher rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and jibril naam he sat and he listened and therefore he memorized and was able to recall this as this occurs here in this hadith uh, uh, narrated by him Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhum benefit number 13 that we can take from this hadith is the tawadu of the sahaba radiyallahu anhum it's a humility of the sahaba the companions radiyallahu anhum in that Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an when he was asked atadri man sail do you know who was asking the questions and he replied radiyallahu anhu Allahu wa rasuluhu a'lam Allah and his messenger knows best yani Allah and his messenger knows best because he says Allah knows best of course this is uh, absolutely and the messenger knows best a when he's alive sallallahu alayhi wasallam and of his sunnah when he's alive sallallahu alayhi wasallam so he didn't know 
He didn't try and guess. He said, Allah Rasulullah A'lam. And this is the manners of the Talib al-Ilm that we have to take from the ulama of the Salaf, like Umar al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu. So much so, a shabi rahimullah ta'ala, he said, la adri. Yani, qad qala a shabi rahimullah ta'ala, la adri. Faqila lahu, ama tastahi, anta kulu, anta kula hadihi al-kalima, wa anta fulan. Qala inna al-malaika talam tastahi hayna ma qalat, la ilma lana illa ma alamtana. He said, rahimullah, when, some, when he said, I don't know. He said, la adri, I don't know. I'm not aware of this. I don't know. And that's regarding an affair. And one of his students, they said to him, Am I do you not feel shy and embarrassed that you say, I, I, I don't know? He said, I don't know. And you're fulan, wa anta fulan, yani, and you are shabi from the ulama of hadith, from the ulama of our times, and you say you don't know? And then a shabi, rahimullah ta'ala, he says, in al-malaika, Verily the angels, they weren't shy and embarrassed when they said, There is not, we do not have knowledge except with that which you have taught us. Naam. So therefore, from the manners of the Talib al-ilm and the manners of the Muslim, is that if you don't know, you say, And here Umar al-Khattab, he said, He didn't know. And Ibn Mas'ud, Radiyallahu anhu, he said, Ayyuhan Nas, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Radiyallahu anhu, he said, Ayyuhan Nas, Man alima minkum shay'an, falyakul, Waman lam ya'lam, falyakum lima la ya'lam, Allahu a'lam. And he said, Radiyallahu anhu, O mankind, whoever from amongst you knows anything, then say it if you have knowledge regarding that affair. And if you don't know, and if he doesn't know, and one does not know, So let him say regarding that which he doesn't know, Allah knows best. There's no shame. There's no shame. Nah. And Ibn Wahab, he said, لَوْ كَتَبْنَا عَنْ مَالِكَ La Adri Ibn Wahab from the students of Malik Ibn Anas Ta'ala This Imam he said if we were to write the times that Imam Malik Ta'ala he said I don't know then the scrolls will be full meaning that he said I don't know many times and these are from the ulama of the Salaf this is from the Sahaba Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Umar ibn Khattab, and from the Tabi'een, Atwa Tabi'een, Malik ibn Anas, and the rest of them, Wahab and Sha'bi, from the Tabi'een, Naam, they said they don't know many times. And this is the Uswa, and this is the example that we have to take. Ya you Talib, wa Taliba, students of knowledge, as it relates to uh, the deen and relates to our etiquettes as studying the deen of Allah, Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Naam. And benefit number 14 that we can take from this hadith is the statement that he came to teach you your religion. That he came to teach you your religion. Yani, 
Jibreel, he came to teach you your religion. And regarding this, it shows the Ikhwatil Kiram that the deen of Al-Islam is of these three maratib. That the deen of Al-Islam are these three levels. And that is Al-Islam wa Iman and Ihsan. Al-Islam wa Iman al Ihsan. And also from the affairs which I forgot to mention, that is from our deen, is Al-Qadr, is mentioned here in the hadith. Is Al-Qadr, which is mentioned here in the hadith. And this brings us to point number 15. And that is, Barakallahu Fikum, that in this hadith is a refutation against the Qadariyyah. In this hadith is a refutation against the Qadariyyah, against those who deny the divine decree. Against those who deny the divine decree. And in fact, Ya Ikhwatil Kiram, this is the reason why this hadith was narrated. Yani the sabab wurud al hadith. The reason why this hadith was mentioned regarding this 15th point. And that is the Iman al Qadr, the belief in decree. And this is found in the Isnad of this hadith which is in Sahih Muslim, Bukhari and other, uh, Sahih Muslim and uh, uh, Dawood and others. And that is that uh, Yahya ibn Ya'mar, Yahya ibn Ya'mar, qala kana awwalu man, awwala man qala fil qadr bil basra ma'badun al-juhni. And that is that he said that there was an individual, the first person in Basra, which is in Iraq as we know, that's denied Qadr, that denied the decree, divine decree, was an individual called Ma'bad al-Juhni. And Yahya ibn Ya'mar, who's on the Tabi'i, he said, فَانْتَلَقْتُ أَنَا وَحُمَيْدُ بْنِ عَبْدُ الرَّحْمَانِ الْحِمْيَارِي So we went, me and Abdurrahman al-Himyari hajjaini aw mu'tamiraini. We were either going on Hajj or going on Umrah. So it was a time... When they narrated this hadith, they didn't remember whether it was Hajj they were doing or Umrah. But they travelled anyway. And if we hope that we, in this trip to Mecca, that we meet one of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who were from the ulama of that time. So we can ask him, this Sahabi, Regarding that which this individual Ma'bad Al-Juhni and those with him Are saying regarding Al-Qadr They're denying Al-Qadr فَوَفِقْنَا لَنَا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ إِبْنُ عُمَرِ إِمَ الْخَطَابِ دَاخِلَ الْمَسْجِدِ And then we were given a tawfiq Allah gave us tawfiq That we met Abdullah ibn Umar The son of Umar ibn Khattab The narrator of this hadith The hadith of Jibreel we met Abdullah ibn Umar, uh, Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu anhu in the masjid. فَاكْتَنَفْتُهُ أَنَا وَصَاحِبَيْ أَحَدُنَا عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَالْآخَرُ عَنْ شِمَالِهِ And then we stood close to him, so close to Abdullah ibn Umar. One on his right side and the other on his left side, like almost like shoulder to shoulder, so they can be close to him. فَذَنَنْتُ أَنَّ صَاحِبَيْ سَيَّكِلُ الْكَلَامِ إِلَيَّ So that one, each of them were thinking that the other was going to uh, allow the other to ask uh, the question. 
And they didn't want to put themselves forward. They were hoping that the other one would do it. فَقُلْتُ Then he said, يَعْنِي Yahya ibn Ya'mar He said, Aba Abdurrahman يعني That was a kunya of Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar. His, his son's name was Abdurrahman. Abu Abdurrahman, إِنَّهُ قَدْ ظَهْرَ قِبَلَنَا نَاسٌ يَقْرَعُونَ الْقُرْآنِ وَيَتَقَفَّرُونَ الْعِلْمِ وَذَكَرَ مِنْ شَأْنِهِمْ وَأَنَّهُمْ يَزْعَمُونَ عَنْ لَا قَدَرُ وَأَنَّ الْأَمْرَ أُنُفٌ He said there is a people who have come about around us, يعني in Iraq. They're saying that they, they read the Qur'an, they claim to read the Qur'an. And they're saying that there's no qadr. And Allah, they're saying that Allah does not have knowledge of that which is to come. And that which is going to happen. Before it happens, if it does happen. They say Allah does not have this ilm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the knowledge of kulla shay. And these individuals negating the ilm of Allah. The ilm of the qadr, the decree of that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. And then Umar ibn Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhu qal fa'idha laqayta awla'ika fa'akhbirhum anni bari'um minhum wa annahum bara'u minni and if you were to meet any of these people then tell them that I am free from them this is Abdullah ibn Umar I'm free from them from that which they're denying I don't want anything to do with them وَأَنَّهُمْ بُرَاءُ مِنْ And they're free from me. I don't want them to have anything to do with me. We're not on the same thing. We're not on the same religion. وَالَّذِي يَحْلِفُوا بِهِ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بِنْ عُمَرِ لَوْ أَنَّ لِأَهَدِهِمْ مِثْلَ أُحْدٍ ذَهَبَ فَأَنْفَقَهُ مَا قَبِلَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ حَتَّى يُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ And if any of them had gold to the amount of Uhud, Mount Uhud in Medina, yeah, huge. If they had gold to the amount of Mount Uhud and they were to give it in charity as in sadaqah, it would not be accepted from them. Allah will not accept it until they have iman in qadr. Thumma qala haddathani abi Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu qala baynama nahnu inda rasulillahi صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم اطلع علينا رجل شديد بياد الثياب الحديث and then he narrated this hadith this second hadith in 40 hadith so the story behind this hadith is the affair of qadr and it's amazing hadith or, or pre hadith pre mentioning of the hadith from uh, Yahya ibn Ya'mar and Humayd ibn Abdurrahman al-Himyari Himyari and they're seeking the people of knowledge seeking the person of knowledge and they themselves were people of knowledge look at that Yahya ibn Ya'mar and Humayd ibn Abdurrahman were ulama they were scholars but yet they looked for the ulama who was more knowledgeable than them they went to look for Abdullah someone from the Sahaba they went to seek ilm and seek a, uh, uh, advice from those that were more knowledgeable than them from the ulama and they were the sahaba and Allah gave them tawfiq that they met Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu and he shows also that from the way of our salaf is that they would do umrah and they would do hajj to meet the ulama of course the, the, the fundamental reason is that they come and do hajj and umrah 
but also while they're there they seek ilm from the scholars and this is what these two ulama from the salaf they did seeking from knowledge from the sahabi abdullah ibn umar radiyallahu an so it shows the importance of qadr and the importance of qadr which is refutation against the qadriya those who deny the decree of allah that allah has knowledge of that which is to come and he and they say that that it is uh regard it is up to the creation and this is from shirk and this is why they are not from the people of al-islam which is why umar abdullah ibn umar radiyallahu ta'ala he said idha laqayta awla'ika fa'akhbirhum anni bari'u minhu wa hum minni bara'u if you meet any of them tell them that i'm free from them you know we're not upon the same religion and they are free from me now because of their denial of al-qadr because of their denial of al-qadr so in this hadith here barakallahu feekum we've mentioned 15 benefits we've mentioned 15 benefits but we can also mention some more and from the benefits that we can mention is the importance of asking questions benefit number 16 the importance of asking questions in seeking ilm while seeking knowledge and that is here found in the uh, uh, example of uh, Jibreel salam in his questions in which he himself is asking the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and also for people who are around them to benefit from the question or from the answers the 17th benefit that we can take from this hadith is the istihbab julus al-alim bi makanin yakhtassu bihi and that is that is from the uh, it's preferred that a scholar sits at a particular place uh, that is for him where he's teaching the people as the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam was sat in a specific place and jibril came and sat next to him benefit number 18 that the ulama have mentioned in addition to what has been said before is that is al-alim ala al-alim an yubrizu ba'd al-awqat lin-nas and it is from the etiquette of the alim, the scholar, to have some specific time made out for the people in order to deal with their affairs and to look into the muscle of their affairs. And this hadith, the Messenger وسلم, has given the Sahaba that day. He sat with the Sahaba in order to to give them irshadat and give them guidance and advice and so forth benefit number 19 that we can take from this hadith is ijabatu sa'il bi mimma sa'al and that is to give the questioner or to give uh, the questioner more benefit extra benefit than that which they asked to give the questioner extra benefit than that which they were asked. Because Jibreel in this hadith, he said, and tell me about the last hour. And then the Messenger ﷺ, he gave him al Mas'ul Anha bi A'lama min al He said that the one who is asking, or the one that has been asked, does not know more than the one who is asking, and you know, the questioner. This is extra knowledge that is given regarding Tawheed. Extra knowledge regarding to the ilm of the ghayb. He didn't just say no, I don't know. He didn't just say the time is kether or kether. 
Naam, but rather he informed him. Allah said that they don't know from the affairs of the end of time. And no one knows it except of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he's educating the Sahaba upon Tawheed, upon the ilm of Tawheed. And that is the ilm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of the last day. And this is something that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned, as is mentioned in the famous hadith that is used in fiqh, that this, the Sahaba radiyallahu an and Abu Hurairah radiyallahu he said, Sa'ala rajulun Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqal ya Rasulullah inna narkabu al-bahra wa nahmu al-ma'na qalila min al-ma' fa inta wada'na bihi atishna and that is that a man came to the messenger in this hadith of Abi Hurairah that a man came to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he, uh, he asked him that uh, we are on the boat we're on the sea and we only have a little bit of water and if we did wudu with the water, we will be thirsty. Shall we do wudu with the water? Shall we do wudu with uh, the sea water? And the Messenger وسلم, said, Hu tuhur. Yani the sea water is pure. Yani for pure it's, it purifies. Ma'uhu, its water is pure. Al-hil and the meat that is in the water is halal, yani the, the seafood and so forth. So in this, the, the Sahaba, عن, he asked the Messenger وسلم, about doing wudu, but yet the Messenger وسلم, gave him extra knowledge and said, and uh, the, the meat in the sea, like the fish, and it's dead, the dead in the sea rather, the dead in the sea like the fish and so forth is halal as well, as the water being good for doing wudu. So this here, the Messenger وسلم, was giving extra knowledge to the Psa'il, to the person that is asking. And likewise here, where he said, when he was asked sallallahu alaihi wasallam about the sa'a and he said to him ma anhu a'lam min that the person who has been asked does not know more than the one that is asking Naam, extra knowledge in addition to the question that was asked extra knowledge in addition to the question that was asked Naam. and in this we have the final benefit that we can mention regarding this hadith and that is the 20th benefit benefit number 20 and that is from the, the statement of uh, Ibn Daqiq Al-Eid uh, ta'ala where he said هذا حديث عظيم قد اشتمل على جميع وظائف الأعمال الظاهرة والباطنة وعلوم الشريعة كلها راجعة إليه ومتشعبة منه لما تضمنه من جمعه العلم السنة فهو كالأم الأم وهو كالأم للسنة كما سميت الفاتحة أم القرآن لما تضمنته من جمعها معاني القرآن and that is that this hadith in conclusion amazing hadith of Jibreel it contains all of the duties the apparent duties upon us and uh, uh, the, uh, the outward duties upon us and the inward duties upon us and it contains all of the sharia all of the legislation and all of the legislation comes back to this 
hadith. All of the rulings, all of the ahkam, all of the affairs, the rulings come back to this hadith of Jibreel. And every other aspect of the religion branches from this hadith of Jibreel. As Jibreel, he said, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, He came to teach you your religion. It shows that this hadith is, is completely, in summary, the deen of al-Islam. And then he, Daqiq, even, uh, even Daqiq Eid, he said, Rahimullah, فَهُوَ كَالْأُمْ لِسُنَّةِ So it is like the mother of the sunnah. Yani, like Fatiha, Surah Fatiha is the mother of the Qur'an. Why is Surah Fatiha called Ummul Qur'an? Huh? And why is Mecca called Ummul Qur'an? Why is Fatiha called Ummul Qur'an? Why? Because all of the meanings that are in the Qur'an have been summarized in Surah Fatiha. So likewise, this hadith of Jibreel is called Ummu Sunnah as all of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has been summarized in this hadith. So this hadith of Jibreel, Ya Ibadallah, is Ummu Sunnah. It's Ummu Sunnah. Like Fatiha is Ummu Al-Quran. And like Mecca, because of his virtue, in comparison to all the other cities, it's called Ummul Qura. It's called Ummul Qura. So this, Ibarakallahu Fikum, these are 20 benefits that can be taken from this hadith. And we could sit here and mention over 100 benefits that we can take from this hadith. But because of time, will suffice to that which has been mentioned today. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you wafiq al jami' likulli ma yuhibbuhu wa yardah min al a'mal al zahira wal batina wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.